0: thankful that you come. Um, we want to welcome you to uh, live streaming coming from Landmark Baptist Church in Lyons, Georgia. And um, I want to preach tonight from, if you turn to your text, stand and honor God's word in Hebrews, the third chapter, and then I want you to take your finger and I want you to turn over to James, the first chapter, and um, and I want to read. Some text from there too. From James the first chapter. Uh, let's all stand as we honor God's word. Um, <clears throat> Hebrews the third chapter, and we want to read uh, verses nine through eleven. And um he says, When your fathers, and this is coming off of from last week, we preached on seven and eight last week, nine through eleven. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works 40 years. I want you to keep that in mind. That, those words right there, because of the fact is that there's some of us have seen the work of the Lord going on for 40 years too. Wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said they do always err in their heart. And they have not known my ways. Another, another thing to think about. Not, not not, erring in the flesh, but erring in the heart. That is, uh, the, the way they think about things. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and thank you for the blessings of it. Thank you for taking care of us, Lord. We just pray you go with us each and every day. Thank you for everything, Lord. Over in James, the first chapter, uh, I want to read to you verses 13 through 16. James says, Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted. Though people try it, but God cannot be tempted. God cannot be tempted with with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Now, uh, thankful for these lights we have in here. This y'all may be maybe seated. Uh, thankful for these lights in here because y'all y'all see how this pulpit's lit up now. You you just wouldn't believe it, and um, uh, that light is good for a blind person, and and so. <laughs> Light is good for me, and I, I appreciate that this pulpit is lit up, and I'm thankful for that. Um, last week we, last week we spoke of gross unbelief. Now, these were these were supposedly the people of God that he's referring to here in in verses seven, seven and eight, nine, ten, and eleven. These are supposedly. The people of God. And, but, uh, the Lord, uh, had problems with them because of their unbelief. You know, and, and we, we have problems today also because of unbelief. Because I tell you, there's a lot of things that goes on today and, and it's, it's just amazing that, uh, uh, the people, uh, don't really believe the truths of the Bible, and you know, if you if you go on over here, I believe it's in around the twelfth chapter of Hebrews, I believe somewhere in there. No, I'm not. I'm sorry. It's the second chapter of First Thessalonians, where where uh, Paul said there. Paul said uh, said those are they're not saved because they reject the truth of the word, and and folks, let me tell you, folks, it's a dangerous thing to reject the truth of the word and let me tell you another dangerous thing it's a dangerous thing to uh to to know the truth and then not follow it paul warned of that very thing that that if you know the truth and then you don't follow it then that, that's a dangerous thing also so last week we talked about we spoke of gross unbelief what travesty of truth religion <clears throat> what what travesty of truth Religion in religion, if one tries to live a Christian life, yet has gross unbelief, you know, you know, you you know, as I said here, Paul says they err in their heart. It has nothing to do with your your looks. It has nothing to do with your actions. It has nothing to do with your uh, where, where you are and what you're doing. It has to do what is in your heart. What is in your heart? You see, that's the thing, you know, and it's easy for people to say, well, I know I don't do right, but it's in my heart to do right. Well, if it's in your heart to do right, I, I believe you're going to do right. I can't help it. I, I just believe you are. I believe you're going to do right. Now, um, what did Jesus say about unbelief? Now, I want to read it here to you. <laughs> and Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. Matthew 17 verses 20 and 21. Now, now Jesus said here, he talks about, he talks about the, uh, uh, because text talks about the unbelief, but he says, let me show you what I mean by that. What I mean by unbelief. He said, if you really believe, he said, and, and you have the faith of a grain of mustard seed, he said, you could say to this mountain moon, it'd move. Now I tell you, that's scary. That, that's scary to me, and it should be scary to you. You know, I, I don't. Uh, so I've heard people say, "Well, he didn't literally mean that the mountain would move." I believe he did too, because because he can move mountains, he could stop waters, he could stop the 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 terrible condition of the sea uh, that took place there. He could stop that. All he had to do is just speak to it, and it would stop. And he he can move mountains, but I want to tell you, I don't know of how many people can move mountains now. When you go through the Bible, you'll find that I think Kara sings a song. I know she does. Kara sings a song of being on a mountain in a valley. And, um, but, but you know, sometimes there's some things in our life that we're faced with a mountain. And, and, and you know, I tell you, if sin mounts up in your life, you're faced with a mountain. You know, you, you, you don't know, you don't know what you're going to do with it. You know how you're going to handle it, because when we when we get tied up, pe- people get tied up into things. They get tied up in that's what James is talking about. James says it only comes when a person is lusting after something, and I've just I'm just paraphrasing it. He says when when we lust after something, and, and we go we go enough to, to get it, to to do it, then we have grossly erred from the faith and he warns us he says brethren don't err from the faith and so uh, so it's a great warning Jesus warns us here he tells us what it means to 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 have belief and and have real belief now i want to say this tonight how many are able to do without in this day how how many of you and don't don't raise your hands i don't I don't want to know how many of you uh, can say that you know I am pretty. Uh, I guess you could say I, I'm 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 all right with what's going on today. Now I'm pretty content with it. Oh, I, I see I see just the opposite in people. People are getting frigidy. You know they 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 get frigidy. And they want to, they want to go. I started to prepare a message for Sunday, but I didn't do it. I started to prepare a message for Sunday on what God said, or what Jesus said. It is, said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be just before the coming of the Lord. And he talks about people going to and fro and marrying and, 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 the, and being given in marriage and, and, and all these things that are going on in the world today. And uh, he says, People will have that itching. That's what he means is people will have that itching. That that itching to want to, to want to do something else and do something. And, and, and it, it's like that today. You know, uh, people, people don't have any patience. You know, this thing is going to pass. I believe it with all of my heart. This thing is going to pass. But we, we, we've got to take a time right now in our hearts and realize that we have got to wait it out it's going to pass i tell you uh i saw where somebody put on facebook this week uh sometime i don't know when they put it on but somebody put on facebook about if a person was born in 1900 Did y'all read that it said if a person was born in 1900 and he lived and he lived to be a hundred years old then what, what, what all did he live through? What all did he live through? And, and, uh, what did he live through? A 1917 pandemic. Uh, he, he lived through World War One. He lived through World War Two. He, he lived through, when, when all the things he lived through in his life, he, he lived through, uh, uh, the, uh, uh, um, The time when people didn't have anything to eat, the depression. He lived through that. He lived through World War II. He lived through Korean War. He lived through the Vietnam War. He, he lived through, uh, he lived through a lot of those things. And he went on to say, well, if he dies at 85, then he still lived through all these things in his life. What, what if our, what if our mother and father, my dad was born in 1909. So that, that, there was a time when he lived through a pandemic. And, and i tell you, me being as old as I am, I, I gave out here back before you all started coming to church here. We started meeting in here. Uh, I gave out in one of my messages the things that I've lived through that I remember. You know, I remember the, uh, uh, the bird flu. I remember the, the, uh, mosquito flu. I remember through the hog flu. They called it the swine flu, but I call it the hog flu. Uh, I remember, I remember when all those things took place. I remember when people were scared to death to hear a mosquito round their ear. Oh, he's going to come down. He's going to kick me and I'm going to be sicker than a dog. You know, and, uh, and I remember those things. I remember all those things. I remember all those things we lived through in, in this. And, uh, and so, but they passed. What I'm, what I'm trying to say tonight is they passed. They, they went on. They passed on. They were over. And, and this is going to be over, too. This is going to be over, too, even though there's some in Washington don't want it to be over, but it's going to be over someday. And I don't know how long that's going to be. I don't know how long it'll be, but this, too, will be over someday. So let's remember that. God knows when one is tempting him... Now, we talk, we talk about the gross unbelief. The title of my message tonight was Tempting God and Gross Unbelief. I just added the tempting God to the last week's message title. Tempting God and Gross Unbelief. Now, God knows when one is tempting Him. We're, we're not fooling God when we tempt Him. We're not fooling Him at all. He knows. He knows when we're, we're tempting Him. Um, the one tempting God... May not know that is what he is, he or she is doing, but God knows. God knows when they're tempting him. You know, when somebody said, well, God, if you'll, if you'll let me do this and you let me, you let me live through this, I'll do this. You know, what they're doing is they're tempting God to heal them. You, I'm, I'm going to be preaching Sunday on, uh, Hezekiah and you know, when Hezekiah got the message, and I'll just say that, I'll say more about it Sunday, but when Hezekiah got the message that he was going to die, what did he do? He turned his face toward the wall, and he prayed to God, and he cried, and he prayed to God that he wouldn't die. Now, he was 39 years old. He prayed to God that he wouldn't die. Well, I want to tell you, folks, uh, uh you know, those messages... Uh, come to us. God knows. God knows when we tell you, you can't tempt God into getting well. You, you can't, you can't tempt God into, uh, into doing things for you that you promise him you do things for him. You can't do that. You just can't tempt God that way. But that's what a lot of people do. They do it. The one tempting God, as I said, may not know what he or she is doing. Let me give you a good example of the preceding. One who lets God know That he or she is going to do but teaches god teaches god that he will forgive them if they just ask to be forgiven that's tempting god i've had that happen i've had that happen i told you folks sometime back you know i had a man told me one time he said i can he said i can do what i want to do and if i come back before the church and ask forgiveness y'all got to forgive me that's tempting god that's tempting what god teaches us and And what God tells us we need to do, this is gross tempting of a thrice holy God. None of us can tell God what to do or teach him what he is supposed to do. You can't teach God what he is supposed to do. God already knows what he's going to do. You can't tell him what he is supposed to do. You you can't, you know, you're calling God a liar. If, If you don't believe the truth and you don't believe the promises that God has given you, you're calling God a liar. You're saying, God, you're a liar. You're not telling the truth. If you, if you believe that, you, if you, if you don't believe those things, you're not telling, you're not telling the truth. Uh, why, why is this so? For we have no idea what God is going to do. No one had, you don't have any idea what God's going to do next. You don't have any idea what God's going to do next. And I'm going to hit on this more Sunday. You, you, you don't have any, you, you don't have any idea What God's gonna do next. You just don't. You don't have any idea what He's gonna do next. And it's just amazing. It is just amazing, you know, how, how God can, can certainly, uh, bring things on us when we don't, we don't expect them. You don't know what God's gonna do next. You, you don't, you don't know that you're gonna be able to walk out of here. You don't know that. I saw, I saw a lady mention about her son was, uh, I think she said he was 38 years old and had a heart attack. Had a heart attack and died. We, we don't know what God's gonna do next. You don't know what God's gonna do next. You may be sick here, but you don't know what God's gonna do next. You have, you, you have no idea what He's gonna do. When He does it, most don't even know he did it. Most don't even realize that he did it. When God does something and people sit back and they blame it on, they give the devil credit for it. They give maybe somebody, a friend, a credit for it. Or they give this, but they don't, they don't ever realize that God did it. Job never did know that God did it. That God did what God did to him. What well, he let Satan do to him. Job didn't know. Job couldn't tell his friends what was wrong with him. Job says, I just know you're accusing me of sin. I just know that I have not sinned that type of sin. I mean, you may know that, but, but Job didn't know what was happening to him. He didn't know what was taking place. We, we just don't know. This was the case of, of those wandering in the wilderness. For 40 years, and he uses that example here in our text. Those wandering in the wilderness 40 years, they had already proved that God to be God, that God is who He says He is, and God they approved God by Him leading them out of the hands of Egyptians. I wonder how many of that great multitude—some believe as many as 10 million, some believe there was no more than six million. That's just that's, that's what some men's opinions are. But uh, some believe that there could have been as many as 10 million of them. How many of that 10 million never even realized that it was God that took them out from the Egyptian s- slavery? You know, the Egyptians got so mean to them, they were making, they were making bricks with straw, and got, he took the straw away. Made them make the bricks. I tell you, made them form the bricks out of the, out of the cold, nasty mud, making them do it. I mean, how would you like to do that all day long? I tell you, some of the hardest work i done is when me and Brother Kendall laid these blocks, this foundation here under this building. I tell you, boy, I tell you, but they, they had to make bricks, had to make so many a day. Had to make so many a day. And so, but some of those, all, some of those millions, how many of them really knew that it was God that took them out of that? Or how many of them just really thought, well, I was just lucky. I was one of the lucky ones. No such thing as luck. No such thing as luck, none whatsoever. No such thing as luck. They didn't know it. They didn't know that God had taken them out of Egypt, out from under the, the taskmaster's whips. This was not enough. For an unbelieving people. Not enough for an unbelieving people. You know, you've seen God work, or have you seen God work? That's my, that's my question. You've seen God work, but really, have you seen God work? I've seen God work. I've seen God save souls. I saw God March of 27, 1967, save a soul that That I just thought was helpless, hopeless. I really did. I tell you, there was not enough, this was not enough for an unbelieving people. How often over the years have we proved that God is going to do what he says he is going to do? How many times have we proved that? God says, God talks about putting your tithes and offerings in. He says, prove me. He said, prove me, put them in there, prove me what God will do to you. And I'm going to tell you folks, I just mentioned Sunday here and all of you sitting here today, you know, you put your tithes and offerings in and you, you don't fail to do it because I know you do because I I see the financial report and you don't fail to do it. And look how God's blessing you. You don't lose, you don't, you don't, it takes nothing away from you. Takes absolutely nothing away from you. You'll say, oh, I got to buy groceries. Well, God can take groceries away from you too. Let me tell you folks, you got, you got to trust God. You got to trust God. How often over the years have we proved God is going to do what he says he's going to do? As, as I said this past Sunday, just look at the financial statements here and know that we have had to spend a great deal of money and we see that it hasn't gone down none. Well, where did it go? Where did it come from? Every time I tear those, take those things open, and I look down in them. Every time we get a statement, I say, "Where is it coming from? Where is it coming from?" Yeah, and I uh, just—it's just amazing. It really is. But but yet, but yet, we still go and do things. We know does not have the approval of God. You can't do things that doesn't have the approval of God. What what does God approve of for you to do? Well, get your Bible out and you'll find it. Many There's a whole Bible full of things that God approves of for you to do. But yet we go and do things that God doesn't approve of. Not, it, don't, don't worry about me. Don't don't worry about what I think about Don't worry about what I see and what I understand. Just like I've told you folks many times, if I see you doing something you shouldn't be doing, I'm not going to love you any less. Don't worry about me. I'm nothing. I'm just like you. I struggle in this life just like you do. Every one of you, I struggle just like you do. I, it's, it's not easy for me. It's not easy for me. It's just like when these doggone names just come down my head all of a sudden. When, I, when I've got it written down, right, but uh, some other name comes out of my head, I said, Lord, where'd that come from? What's wrong with me? You know, am I going crazy? And I'll tell you, folks, it's just, it's just the way it is. This is gross temptation of a thrice holy God. You know, when we go out and do things God doesn't approve of and, and expect God to forgive us when we ask forgiveness. That don't, don't always work like that. Doesn't always work like that. These unbelieving Jews saw the works of God for 40 years. Yet they tempted God with their sarcastic questions. They tempted God with their sarcastic questions. Some of them were yelling out, where's, where's the, where's the water? And other ones yelled, some of the other ones, where's the meat? Put your mind to that. Uh, that, uh, Wendy's commercial. Old lady brings the sandwich back around and said, where's the meat? Well, they said, where's the meat? Where's the water? Where is the water? Well, you brought us out here. You brought us out here. And they did not know that they were brought out there for over two thirds of them to die. They didn't know that. They, they accused, they accused Moses of bringing them out there. They accused Moses of bringing them out there and letting them be out there and walk around all those years. Where are we going? Why are we just walking around in circles? Why are we doing this, Lord? Why, why are we doing these things? You know, they, they didn't know. They didn't know that some of them was walking until they died. Some of them was walking until they died. It's because every one of them that was 20 years and older died. They died in the wilderness. Oh, old brother so-and-so, he fell out yesterday. Old brother so-and-so, he fell out the day before yesterday. Old brother so-and-so fell out today. Sister so-and-so fell out last week. And they just fallen down like flies. And they didn't realize why they were brought out there. You know why they were brought out there? Let me tell you. Uh-oh, somebody's calling. Hello. Uh, but anyway, uh, called out there, and uh, I'm on. That's pretty, in it? But anyway, uh, they didn't know. They didn't know why they were out there. Why they were out there, we're not going to answer, so just hang up. Thank you. Yet they tempted God with their sarcastic questions: "Where is the water? Where is the meat? If they got, if they if they have gotten what they deserved, God would have let them dry up and and wilt away. But no, he he brought, he brought them water. I mean, you, you even give a condemned man water." You know, and, and then when they started crying about meat, he gave them meat. You even give a condemned man some to eat, you know, a man that's condemned, they let him have a last meal. I've often sat and wondered if if I was condemned and they told me I get to choose my last meal. I don't know what I choose. Some people said well, I choose a big steak. Well, that big steak ain't gonna be no good when it rots in your stomach in the grave. Let me tell you, folks, God sent them out there to die. What does it do to God when a gross, unbelieving people tempt God? Our text tells us the story. God says, wherefore, I was grieved with that generation. That's why. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation. He said, they do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways they err in the heart what's in your heart what's in your heart what's what's in your heart what's in your heart what's there tonight god said they they err in their heart and they have not known my ways have you learned god's ways have you learned what have you learned what god Oh, it's all right if we just step out of place a little bit, it don't make no difference. Like old Yogi Baird said, he said, When you come to forks in the road, take it. You know. That's the way people are today. When they come to forks in the road, they take it. And and sometimes they get on the wrong road, and sometimes they're on the right road. It's amazing. James said in James 1.16, Do not err, my beloved brethren. Do not err, my beloved brethren. What is going to happen when God gets angry with a people? If we will just believe it. If we, I'm sorry, if we will just believe it, God is angry with the world today because the world is angry with God. I say that I still say that that this what we're going through today is because God is angry with this world I get up every morning and I sit in my in my study in there at home and I got a big got a uh, French doors and I look out and I see that sun shining and I, I immediately I say God send it hot so it'll burn this stuff out Lord please burn this stuff out Let me tell you, God is angry with this world. Christianity. I'm gonna tell you God is angry with Christianity. Oh, you might say, no, if man's Christian is all right. People don't live like Christians. Someone, someone said one time if if they were arresting people who who was acting like Christians, or if they're gonna arrest all Christians, would they find people? that act like Christians. You know, we don't act like Christians in our life. You might say, well, I do. You, you may think you do, but you don't. Most of us, most of I, I get ashamed of myself sometimes. I do. I get ashamed of myself. I really do. And I tell you, I went home Sunday ashamed of myself. I really was. I was upset when I went home. It was over when I said something, when I had something written down and said something else. I said, Why would you do such a stupid thing like that? I was angry with myself. Rhonda knows I was. Rhonda said, What's wrong with you? I said, Rhonda, I'm just stupid. Something's wrong with me. And I told her what I did, and she said, I didn't hear it. You've been listening good. really been listening that's like somebody said brother Paul you never told us that well you didn't listen he wasn't listening ask yourself today why is this plague so terrible God swore by his own wrath that the people such as such as I have been preaching about, will not enter into his rest. He swore that. He said that. They will not enter, he said it down in verse 11. So I swear, I swear in my wrath. God was angry. He says, I swear in my wrath they shall not enter into my rest. Does God get that angry with us? Does he get that angry with us? I wonder, you know, does God get that angry with us? Now, next week, next week, I'm going to, we will give a grim warning to all who are haphazard in their living. Because that's what he does down here. The next couple, of three verses, that's what he talks about. And we're going to be talking about that next week. So, let's all stand, if you would, and let's be dismissed in prayer.